Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Are you ready for the word this morning? Amen. Well, let's go. Let's go. Um, If you have your Bible with you, I want you to turn with me to Psalm 116, verse 12. Psalm 116, verse 12. In this psalm, David asks this question and says, What can I offer the Lord for all he's done for me? What can I offer the Lord for all that he's done for me? Now, it goes without saying, having just concluded a a multi-week series about worship and the value of worship and the reason that we worship is because the Lord is so worthy of our praise and our adoration. It goes without saying that no one is more deserving of our sacrificial praise than is the Lord Jesus Christ. No one, no one is more worthy. And I believe here that this this, uh, statement of the psalmist here can be taken as a twofold expression. I I believe it can be a statement. It could be a statement to say, you know, God's just done so much for me. What in the world could I even do? I mean, what, how, how can I give? How can I offer to the Lord something that is going to be sufficient when compared to the blessings that he's bestowed in my life? It's, it's, one, it's one which we naturally ask when we've received a favor from our fellow mortals. I'm reading a quote here from Albert Barnes. He says of this verse, he says, this is one this is a question that we naturally ask when we received a favor from our fellow mortals how much more proper is it in the view of the favors which we've received from God especially in view of the mercy of God in the gift of our Savior the love manifested in the redemption of the soul what can be an adequate return for love like that for mercy so great so undeserved What in the world can we offer? It could be a question. It could be a question, and in light of his blessing, however, what is reasonable that I should offer the Lord? In sincerity, it could be not a comparison thing, but it could just be in sincerity and say, listen, God has blessed me so much. I I just know, I know that I know that I know that I know that the windows of heaven are continually opened over my life, that God's blessing and God's favor and God's mercy and God's grace are just raining down on me continually. Now, what manner of gift ought I bring as a sacrifice and offering of praise for someone who has blessed me so fully, so richly, so tremendously? Here, I believe David considers the Lord only as an author and giver of his mercies. Uh, and, and, and that's nothing to say of his own merits, nor of other persons who might be instruments of good to him, but it's for giving God the glory. It's for giving God the glory, not as though he could consider anything proportional because nothing that we do is going to equal what God has given us. It's all going to fall in comparison, but David's asking here, what what can I offer? What can I give to God? 
And I, I want to say today that both as a statement that there's, I mean, there's nothing we can offer God, but both, and then as a question to say, but what am I going to offer God? What am I going to offer God in response? I believe both of them are appropriate, but I want to spend these next uh, few messages considering this as a question. What are we going to offer God based on his goodness, his blessing, his infinite favor that has been shed in our lives? What are we going to offer to him? So we're focusing this year, as many of you know, is going deeper. on my shirt and what does that mean what does that mean that we're going deeper well we hope for you that it means that you want to go deeper in maturity and the things of the Lord that you want to experience greater peace greater joy greater fulfillment in your life that's what deeper means for us we want to be deeper so that we're not so easily torn up every time something doesn't go right in our lives. We're, we're on the solid rock of faith and we know where we stand. We want to go deeper in spiritual blessings and breakthroughs and victories. And in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, you've heard that a lot over the last several weeks, it encourages sacrificial living especially sacrificial living before the Lord because sacrificial living is one of the key aspects of going deeper in the things of the Lord. You will not have everything your way and grow deeper in Jesus. You will not have everything your way and go deeper in Jesus. At some point, there's going to have to be Gethsemane moments in your life and mine where we're traversing through difficult places where the Lord is calling for the death of our carnal nature. And we have to kneel in humble submission before the Lordship of Jesus Christ and we have to follow his example and say, Lord, I understand what it is that you want me to do in this moment, but I confess that is not what I want to do in this moment. But nevertheless, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Yours be done in my life. Yours be done in this situation. Yours be done in me your will be done sacrificial living you see unlocks the prison and I, I use this I, I'm not using this term loosely I mean it very emphatically that sacrificial living unlocks the prison of self-centeredness some people are bound up in all manner of frustration and aggravation in life and they are longing for the key to get out of that situation but the and and it seems like it seems so counterintuitive and, and you just can't see that as an answer but self-centeredness is a prison and it keeps so many people bound up in so many different things and they're aggravated and they're frustrated when if they could just get to a place that the world and the entire universe didn't revolve around what they wanted and what they thought and how they felt then they would find out they had found a whole lot of liberty I, I, I want to I speak over these next few weeks 
three messages in particular and it's where folks have a hard time living sacrificially before the Lord and it's often places where we are most tested in our willingness to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ one of those is time one of those are things and another of those are our talents these are three areas I believe that the Lord has vested in us sacred trusts he has he has granted us things he has given us things and his his intention with those things are that you and I will steward them not for the upbuilding of our own kingdom not for the not for the increase of ourselves but first and foremost primarily that we would utilize those things that we would steward and leverage those things for the furtherance of his gospel and the building of his kingdom that's why you're here that's why you have breath in your body it is God's intention that as long as there is breath in your body that the praise of the most high would flow from your being and and he, he expects us to steward our time you know there's a common statement today we're going to be talking about time as being a sacred trust and how we should handle that how we should respond to it there's a common statement that says how many of you say this have heard this I know everybody in this room has we say I don't have I don't have the time now regardless of your schedule regardless of what your calendar looks like regardless of your day planner no truer words have ever been spoken you really don't have the time you don't have any time David here faces a season of great hazard in his life. He's been fleeing from Saul in the wilderness. Saul is seeking to kill him, to destroy him. And he makes a bold declaration of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ uh, as his protector to resolve all of those things. And he, he, finally, he finally resolves in himself in Psalm 31 verse 15. And he said, Lord, my times are in your hands deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me god my time is in your hand your time today you i said you don't have time you don't have time your time is in god's hands you don't have any time he holds every moment in his hands he has numbered the days of your life and you're living on a grant oh no pastor I'm a conservative red-blooded American I'm not living on nobody's grant no you are living on a grant you are living on a grant because if God didn't see fit to put breath in your body today you would not be here when he punches your ticket and says expired you are gone you are not going to make it on your own if you were not sustained and covered by the grace of almighty God right now you would not be here 
you would not be here your time is in his hands you are living on a grant a divine allocation that every day you get 24 hours 1440 minutes 86,400 seconds and they do not belong to us as we suppose they might my time think again it's not your time it's God's time and he has granted it to you he has given us a sacred trust with and with that trust comes the expectation and the burden of stewardship and the priority of that stewardship is that we would be willing to give back to God the first fruits of such a trust whatever form it comes whether it's time whether it's talent whether it's our things however that is God's expectation of us is that we give back to him the first fruits thereof the best pastor Lisa I believe spoke about this last week we don't we don't reserve our leftovers for God we give him the best we give him the best of what we have to offer now some of you that's first thing in the morning others of you maybe it's late at night some of you maybe it's at midday I don't know I'm not good in the morning I'm not good until I've had at least a half gallon of coffee and and that's the, that's just the truth I told I told our group this weekend they said you know people ask me am I a night owl or an early bird I said I'm a night owl who romances the idea of being an early bird you know I want to get there so bad I don't know what to do but I just I can't go to bed I can't turn it off you know um which makes it really hard to be an early bird in turn but li listen what I'm gonna, what I'm about to say next understand this it has nothing to do with the attendance figures of faith assembly church in the in the past few weeks we have seen record non-holiday attendances here at this church i mean you're looking around around where are they at well most of the people who are normally here in the morning are coming back in the second service to see their loved ones be baptized but there have been several weeks here lately where we've had 400 plus unique worshipers between the two services that come through and are joining us here and we're just excited about that and, and celebrating everything that God's doing this is not about the attendance figures at faith assembly or any other church for that matter it has nothing to do with the rule of law that must be kept in order to be right with God. It has nothing to do with a specified amount of time that must be spent in prayer and study daily for you to be a good Christian. As a matter of fact, some people have, have taken Matthew 26, 40 and they've made it into a rule that says if you don't spend at least an hour a day in prayer, then somehow or another you're not right with the Lord just because Jesus looked at his disciples and said, could you not tarry one hour? Well, when the Lord drags you out to the edge of Gethsemane, you can lay that burden of legalism on yourself. But Jesus never intended to lay that kind of burden of legalism on anyone. If you're, if, if, let me just stop there too. If you're even concerned about the minimal requirements in your relationship with Jesus, then you're approaching your relationship with Jesus from the wrong perspective. Did that make sense? Do I need to say that again? I will. Thank you. Um, if you are concerned in the least about the minimal requirements in your relationship with Jesus, then you are approaching your relationship with Jesus from the wrong perspective. We don't need to be worried about have we given enough to meet the minimal requirements. We need to be worried about are we given everything we can? Are we given everything we've got?
And, and, and what I'm about to say next, though, has everything to do with your spiritual maturity and the fact that if you want to grow deeper in the things of God, you will have to avail yourself to communion with and service unto the Lord Jesus Christ in order for that to happen. You will not live a self-centered, my-time kind of life and grow deeper in the things of God. There's going to have to be some things that are offered to the hand of the Lord and saying, God, you know what? Maybe I don't feel like I, maybe I do feel pressed for time right now, but I know that you can enable me to do more with the time that's left over than what I could have done with all of it. And Lord, I'm going to come to you and I'm going to offer you the best of what I've got. We make all these kind of pithy statements and we say things like, you know, uh, well, let me preface this we we are right with god by his grace and his mercy and not of works lest any man should boast okay believe that but we we've got these little pithy statements and we say things like you know going to church doesn't make you a christian any more than standing in the garage makes you a car and we'll hear people say you know some people will say well i'm just as close to god doing whatever it is that i want to do you know as most folks who are down at the church anyway well your relationship between you and the lord is not about how close somebody else is to jesus to start with so that's a wrong comparison the, the, the thing that needs to be compared is where is your heart in relation to the presence of god and and there's some you know honestly there's some truth to these statements just just because you show up at church on sunday morning isn't going to make you a christian this is a this is an issue of the heart not of not of geography and not of not of construction i mean it, this is an issue of the heart you've got to be in line with the will of god but i have a sneaking suspicion that's one of my spiritual gifts it's the gift of suspicion I have this sneaking suspicion though that a lot of people offer these little platitudes not necessarily as theological statements but as excuses for convenience because while I will neglect the gathering of myself with those of like faith I do not forsake to do whatever it is that I want to do instead of are you following me? because i'm preaching right now i don't know if you're listening but i'm talking real and 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 we've got to be careful when we look at things like this and begin to reason and rationalize what's being said because while there is a nugget of truth in there the point that we begin to excuse ourselves for our own laziness our own spiritual lethargy and our own self-centeredness we have wandered over into error it doesn't matter how much truth is contained in the little nugget because sometimes we'll say that but the truth of the matter is we're only available to do whatever feeds our carnal desires we're only available to do whatever we want to do and to be only where we want to be we're never available to serve we're never available to worship we're never available for prayer we're never available for communion with the holy spirit we're never available for fellowship with the saints we're never available for matters of the kingdom unless it's absolutely convenient we're never available for anything 
We refuse to acknowledge God with our time and quite literally, we don't give him the time of day. You're no longer cleverly conveying a truth at that point. You're trying to give yourself on a, pass, a pass on the stewardship of your time and you're struggling to justify your denial for Christ's lordship over your lives. Now here's a shocking realization that many people are going to wake one day to find. And it's found in Luke's gospel, the 14th chapter, if you want to turn there, and I'm getting ready to close. Jesus shares this parable and he says this, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many. And he sent his servants at supper time and he said, say to those who were invited, come for all things are now ready. Come for all things are now ready. Pastor Lisa and I have said this to you for weeks and months now and that is this you don't need to miss it because God is moving revival is here it's it's not don't wait for a scheduled series of services don't wait for some special guest speaker to come in revival doesn't come with a guest revival comes through the Holy Spirit nothing wrong with guest speakers love them and appreciate them and all the lot but revival comes when we set our faces to seek God and we tune our spirit to where he is leading and what he is doing in the moment and we cannot miss it because I'm telling you every day and twice on Sunday the Lord spreads a table for the believers every day because there's a fresh word in your Bible there's a revelation of the Spirit that's available to you there is available for you the presence of the Lord and twice on Sunday because there are all of the things above plus the synergy that occurs when God's people come together and begin in unison to praise and glorify the name of the Lord his word says that where two or three are gathered in his name there he's going to be in the midst of them and where the presence of the Lord is there is liberty there is anointing there is blessing there is favor there is healing and provision and every day there is an invitation for you and I come and dine come and dine Come and dine, the master calleth, come and dine. We can feast at Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the multitudes turned the water into the wine. To the hungry calleth now, come and dine. When you pray in sincerity and you study in humble obedience, there's something that happens on the inside of us. You may not notice it all the time, but you don't ever see the food you eat being converted into energy either. You just know that it happens. And when you feed your spirit on the word of the Lord, you feed your spirit on prayer, you feed your spirit just soaking in the presence of God and availing yourself to, to what God has in store and sitting at his banqueting table day after day after day, something happens on the inside of you you are strengthened you are nourished spiritually but here's the sad reality and it's not just the reality of Jesus parable it's the reality of our own day for so many verse 18 but they all with one accord 
began to make excuses the first said to him I bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it I ask you to have me excused another said I bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them and I ask you to have me excused still another said I've married a wife and therefore I cannot come and the simple the simple word for what's being said here is I'm busy I'm too busy to attend your invitation now obviously we can't avail ourselves to every invitation we receive we have to be selective but we must be prioritized I don't I don't know if you I don't know if you understand this or not have you ever heard it but sometimes you see these folks and they're talking on the phone whatever and then and they look down there's another call and they say sorry sorry babe bigger name on the other line and they'll they'll switch over and take that other call I don't know what you've got planned today I don't know what you've got planned tomorrow I don't know what your week looks like but there is nothing that parallels or equals to the value of the time that Jesus Christ wants to spend with you this week there is nothing that is equal to that time and the value of having stewarded your time to avail yourself to what the Lord has prepared for your life and the priority of our time needs to be to the one to whom our time belongs to start with and here's the catch we the people can be so foolish so short-sighted so blinded verse 21 so the servant came and reported these things to his master and then the master of the house being angry said to his servant go out quickly into the streets the lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind and the servant said master it is done as you have commanded and still there's room and then the master said to the servant go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled right here verse 24 it makes my heart ache he says for I say to you that none of those none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper from this point forward in the text Jesus begins to explain the cost associated with being a disciple and and what it what it's really going to require of us if we want to pursue hard after the things of God if we want to get real with God if we want to have everything that God has for us and if you and I are going to go deeper in our walk with the Lord we don't have to make time you're not going to make any time you can't have you don't have the capability of making time the time has already been granted everything you need you have you just have to prioritize the use of it according to the will of the Lord for your life and we've said this so many times over the last few weeks that there are things that you and I will do for God's glory but the benefit is ours and you may prioritize your time for the glory of God but I promise you that the benefit that you will receive from sitting at the master's feet will be immeasurable 
giving God our time is one of those things and and we see from this text that if we choose to honor God with our time he's not the one missing out I mean if we choose not to honor God he's not missing out the kingdom's not failing because we refuse to participate Uh uh-uh the master said well if they don't want to come that's okay I hate it hey it's bad for them but go out there and find the most unlikely I tell you what go find the ones that probably the rest of these people look down on bring them in you bring in the crack addict and the meth addict the alcoholic you bring in the porn addict let's get them freed and set free and on fire for God filled with the Holy Ghost and see what happens in the kingdom of God because the kingdom suffered violence and the violence shall take it by force I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it listen you don't have to be a part of what God's doing but your refusal is not going to stop it You don't have to feast. You don't have to eat. You don't have to give your time. You don't have to sit at his feet, but you're the one that's losing because the kingdom is marching forward. The kingdom is taking territory. The kingdom is shaking the hedges and the highways and compelling people to come in. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of what he's doing in this generation. I want to prioritize my life and my time so that the kingdom's not moving forward without me. None of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. Listen, everybody stand. We have to be, we have to be the busiest generation of people that has ever lived. I mean, it's just incredible. I wish. I wish that all of you could come and sit in our staff's annual calendar meeting. When are we going to do this? This is what the Lord's put on our heart to do. When are we going to do this? Well, I don't know. If we do it here, everybody's doing this. And if we do it this week, everybody's doing that. And this week over here, everybody's doing this. And nobody's going to be here. This is this and this and this. It's just, it's mind-boggling. We, we live in a generation of busyness. Everything's fast-paced. Everything is, you know, we, we stand in front of the microwave and tap our foot because it's not moving fast enough. My friend, I've got a friend, he, he has a, an acrostic, an acronym, whatever you're supposed to call the thing, about the word busy. His definition of busy is burdened under Satan's yoke. When the adversary comes in and he just lays so many things that seem such high priority on us that we are distracted from what God wants to do in our lives. We're kept away from the banqueting table and we're burdened under Satan's yoke. The enemy can distract us in all kinds of ways, but I want to be available for what God is doing. I want to set my sights and affections as Paul wrote to the church at Colossae and I want to be I want to set my sights and affections on the things above where Christ is I want to be in tune with the kingdom because here's the thing 
as a pastor I can I can come in here next week I can find you the finest sermon that the internet has to offer and I can I can serve you up some stale bread week after week after week after week you can we can be in this place and we can try to get by on stale bread will you have gone through the motion will I have fulfilled somewhat of the obligation yeah absolutely but at that point the the point that that happens the point that there's time cease to be given to God for a fresh word and and for direction of where the leadership of the Holy Spirit is in this church at that point you won't see 20 people being baptized on a Sunday anymore not here you will somewhere because the Spirit of God is going to move and the kingdom is going to go forward but you and I be sitting here starving to death and the kingdom's moving on I don't want that I don't want that for my life I don't want that for yours I don't want it for our church God help us God help us with the sacred trust of the time that we've been given not just at the appointed time and space on Sunday morning but every day to recognize Lord we are no less stewards of the time you've given us on Monday than we are on Sunday even on Saturday God we're called to be stewards of the time that you've given us Lord the shame the shame of this is we're and we repent the shame of this is Lord we sometimes have a greater urgency to knit binge Netflix then we have to be in your presence God help us help us Lord because we know that you have greater things in store for us greater things greater things Lord your kingdom is ever advancing your kingdom is is reaching new territory influencing new people and Lord, we don't want to be left behind. I don't want to be left behind. And I know that none of these precious people want to be left behind. God help us. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.